0: Hello and welcome to Two Beers, Please. I'm Matthew Phillips-Smith. Maybe maybe the last time I'll call myself that on our show, as the more I watch Crown the Crown, I realize Matt Smith has has kind of a firm hold on that name professionally. So uh, <laughs>
1: new year, the new year
0: may bring a new professional name for Matt. Uh, as always, joined by my good friend and co-host Yannick for what will be our last episode before the Christmas holiday. I think we'll try and get at least one more in before the new year. But... Uh, Me and Jan are going to kick back and relax and watch a crap ton of sports over the next few days. So uh, this is a big episode. We got a lot for you. Sports world truly keeps on giving. College football playoff is set, as are all the rest of the bowl games. Um, The NBA season beginning tonight, with the reunion of Durant and the Brooklyn Nets against the Warriors, and the Battle of L.A. between the Lakers and Clippers. Me and Jan have just had two fantasy basketball drafts. We have no idea what we're doing, but luckily most of the people in both of our leagues don't. Like everyone's like, <laughs> it's like the blind leading the blind, which is beneficial because like no one's like, oh yeah, I know exactly how to dominate this league. So it'll be fun. And uh, since it is our, our lone episode this week, we will be making our NFL picks for you today. So you can make back some money from all the gifts you bought the people close to you for the new year. Have to tell you all to go follow and like the Two Beers Please Facebook page make sure you share it with all your friends on Facebook, like, you know, your aunt who doesn't trust vaccines or the old high school classmate who keeps trying to get you to join a pyramid scheme. Jan is, uh, uh, is killing the Instagram <laughs> page. See, we all have one, right? There's I like mean, that I, one I, where you're I like- you pointed uh, out,
1: as soon as you said that, I was like that person.
0: Yeah. If we all can instantly uh, think of somebody. Yeah, <laughs> please don't. The thing is, it's always like, it's not even someone you're like close to. It's like someone that was like, you like knew and you were friendly with, but it's not like you were like ever really that tight. And now they're like, "I'm gonna hound you to join whatever pyramid scheme they're uh, they're selling now." Uh, Jan's over there killing the Instagram page, which is two beers please underscore podcast. I got the Twitter, which is two bp underscore podcast. So make sure you go follow both of those if you aren't already. Retweet us, share our stories as much as we can spread us out into the universe the better and when we appreciate it uh and you know we'll keep you up to date on our new episodes as, as well as any kind of big news from the sports world jan i'm gonna go right into turn a phrase and this is uh this is a phrase that i i know i actually picked it last episode because I've, I've heard you say it a couple times and it was one that i actually knew the origins of and that is okay. cup of that's cup of joe
1: mm, so okay. cup
0: of joe uh stems from a 1914 ban on alcohol on, I don't know if it was all U.S. Navy ships or if it was just Navy ships. Uh, like, Well, I guess, if, yeah, I think it was all Navy ships because it was the Secretary of the Navy that implemented it, a ban on all alcohol, and his name was Josephus Joe Daniels. Um, so he banned all alcohol. So after his order, the only, like the strongest drink that you could enjoy on a ship was black coffee, hence Cup of Joe.
1: His name was Josephus? Josephus. His name, Josephus. Yeah. Josephus. I don't
0: know. I don't know when we stopped like using. That's one of those names where I'm just like, when did we stop? We were like, no more
1: Josephuses, only Joseph. Right, because they're like, guys, that's too much. If, just... if if anyone's name was Josephus, I I I would I would think they're like some kind of uh, some kind of Dr. Seuss character, you know? <laughs> like Josephus Jones went up with his gnomes and. That's he does sound like a Dr. Seuss character. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Uh, I'm going to name my son Josephus. That's, I know I don't. I don't want to name it. I take that back. As soon as I said oh. it, like it's not even that much longer than Joseph, but the, the S at the end is just, it makes it too, it's too much of a, a mouthful. I'm not a fan.
1: Right. I'm not a fan either. And uh, Matt, I know you're going to love your kids, so don't do that to them. Yeah, do exactly. <I'm>,
0: and their life's going to be hard enough with a weird-ass dad like me. There's no reason to make it any tougher with yeah. a name like Josephus.
1: Exactly. And when they play sports, how are they going to – Who's? do you know how everything they're going to do is going to be undermined when the when the announcer says their name?
0: <laughs> well, unless I uh, have children with somebody far more athletic, then their their sports lades are going to be pretty limited anyway. One can dream. One can dream, right? One can dream. Exactly. That's that's. I mean, I don't have them yet, so I, I can I can hold out hope. Plus, I don't want to name them after somebody that banned
1: alcohol on a ship. Like, what a loser! Yeah, that's not the life we're trying to teach our kids. Absolutely not. Not not on a ship. Not on a ship. I want
0: I want them to have more of the history of you know your dad started a podcast with his friend called Two Beers Please. Not you were named after a teetoler.
1: Yeah. There you go. No teetollers allowed. No teetolers allowed. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jan, how uh, how are we doing today, my friend? Doing well. Back in the central time zone, uh, back in the good state of Iowa. Uh, Hell, yeah. Good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I've been back in New York since July. Wasn't sure if I would make it over with everything going on, but, you know, uh, did, did, did what I needed to do to come over here. Uh, staying safe, just staying in the house. I forgot what it's like to watch sports on like a big TV because my TV is so tiny at my house. And I just like was, I was waiting before this podcast and I was like, oh, you know, the Carabao Cup is on and it's like Newcastle versus Brentford. And I was like, I'll watch that until, you know, we pop on. And I was like, I'm so into this game because I I love this TV. It looks so good. I was like John, Joe, Shelby with the with the pass every day. Oh man, it's uh, I forgot, and John I'm gonna be Joe watching sports, right? And uh, you know, it's also Matt's right when he what he said earlier with like we're gonna take a break. We're not taking a break from sports. There's just there's so much going on. We want to enjoy it as well. Like we love reporting to you guys for sure, but like it's also nice to just take it all in and like watch every so often and not feel like we're looking for things it's it's like it's our own little sports grip breaks for ourselves yeah
0: exactly it becomes I mean I guess I guess this isn't a job but it becomes you know more of just the enjoying of it and and there's just a lot plus like i dude i be I'm the laziest person in the world on Christmas like I don't the pandemic's not gonna affect me because I refuse to leave my house on Christmas Day anyway like I I will not do it
1: right I'm not going anywhere I have a full schedule of games to watch and food to eat. There is nothing else I'm doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Usually I have a nice, good book to read as well. And like, I think I'm, I'll am i probably get a Los Videos Huegos this year. I, I got, actually, I know I'm getting 2K because I, t- I texted my mom one day and I was like, hey, you can get 2K for like 50%, and I would love it for Christmas. So I'm definitely going to be making a Nets Dynasty. I'm doing well myself. Looking forward to to spending some time with the family this Christmas, even though it will be, you know, a little bit different. But I think I think I'm going to we're going to try and see a couple of my cousins. Uh, I live with a bunch of health professionals, so I always know that I'm going to be safe. Like, I know I know they're not going to do anything that they would actually think is harmful. But uh, yeah, you mentioned it like a ton of sports. There's a Hawkeye basketball game on Christmas Day, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that until like this week. I was looking at like the Big Ten schedule and I was like, oh, damn. They play Minnesota on Christmas Day. Uh, we got Manchester United has a chance to go second in the EPL with a match on Boxing Day against Leicester City. I'm, I'm still not incredibly jazzed about that 6.30 a.m. kickoff, but, uh, you know, I'll deal with it. And then I love Christmas Day NBA action. So doing well, enjoying the spirit of the holiday. I've been upping my Christmas movie viewing, so that always helps you get in the spirits, you know.
1: Right, exactly. I watched my first Christmas movie last night uh, with my family for the season, so I'll be doing that for the rest of the week. Uh, so that'll be that'll be nice. That'll be nice indeed. Love the Christmas we're, movies.
0: We're going to get into our top five Christmas movies later on. Uh, this is not one of my top fives because I just saw it, but this weekend I got to see my sister and, and spend some time with her and my mom. And she showed us Klaus, which is on Netflix. Super good movie. if you've not seen really, Klaus, okay. I highly recommend it. yeah. it's like it's like another like Santa origin story, but like a more it's a more unique origin story for Santa than I've ever seen. and the animation's really cool and it's just hilarious great voice actors like Jason Schwartzman and uh, j k. Simmons everything j k. Simmons does does is awesome. So if you don't watch Klaus, i I highly recommend that one. I'm gonna watch that based on your recommendation. I'm gonna watch you won't it. you there won't you be go. disappointed. My sister was like hyping it up and then she was like, I mean, it is like kind of a children's movie and stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. And it was, it was good.
1: I love that. I love that.
0: Klaus. All right, Jan, let's make it over to the pub.
1: What are we drinking today? Well, believe it or not, um, I am drinking a cup of Joe right now. <laughs> That's what I am doing. It's yeah, I had to do that turn of phrase. Thing. You did. And you know, what's funny. It's also for the same reason. It's just happens to be the strongest thing besides my dad's bourbon that's in the, in the house. So there you go. Uh, I have not had the chance to get my own, my own beer since coming back last night. And I, I would, I would sooner die than try to take my dad's bourbon from him. So on that account, I, uh, you wanna I let you, you wanna out- let you borrow two fingers of bourbon. No, but I would want to drink a I would want to drink a nice one. I wouldn't want to drink like a little shot. Like a, I want to drink a little nice one.
0: You good go. bourbon. It's good bourbon. You could you can sip two fingers, make it last a while.
1: There you go. What are you drinking, buddy?
0: I uh, I went with the man. Yannick was doing so good, not calling me buddy. It was such. It was. I was actually going to text, text <laughs> you that the other day. I was like, Yannick, I gotta say, I brought up Woo! not what liking me called buddy, and you. I'm not even upset because you you listened to me when I was like, I don't really like it, and like you haven't called me it. So that one, we'll let it slide. <laughs> Yeah, you, every every
1: addict gets a relapse. You know, every <laughs> addict gets a relapse. Hey, we're not progress, not perfection, right? Thank That's you. what we aim for in life. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. Humans are are their mistakes as, as much flawed. as they are. We're flawed. <laughs> oh, uh, I,
0: uh, I went all in with the uh, <laughs> with the Christmas theme, and I'm enjoying enjoying a Shiner's Holiday Cheer, uh, brewed Ooh. with roasted pecans and Texas peaches. It's a, a Dunkel, Dunkelweizen beer, sort of kind of a dark wheat ale, and uh, I'm not normally someone that like really loves holiday beers, like the pumpkin beers can only go so far and all that stuff, but I, I got to say, I, I'm liking this bad boy.
1: Yeah, Weizen, that's right, and nice little German dark ale, love that, love that. Yeah, the German, you
0: know, I still got that, I still got that German blood in me. There they you know are. how to make, they know how to make
1: beer. They know how to brew one. They they know one how to brew one for the boys. They definitely do.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: All right, Jan, Let's let's start getting into it. The uh, the
0: fly in my beer will will come up later. So just you wait. The college football world made sure of that. So I don't have a specific fly in the beer because it is part of our college football news later. So let's go to partner up and give a shout out. Why don't you uh, tell the people your shout out for this
1: episode? Right. Well, for for the shout out for this episode. Be, while I do this, and I'm going to talk while I do this, I am currently, Matthew, so you know, I'm currently going in my Venmo and Venmoing you 20 freaking dollars, uh, because my my shout-out for the day, and I hate to do this, but my shout-out for the day is Frank Gore, Sam Darnold, and they the New York Jets. They did it. Ladies and gentlemen, they did it, and honestly, I... I I was mad for a second because I was like, "Darn it! I can't believe I lost that twenty dollars to, to when they played the Rams of all of all the teams that they could have beaten." My goodness. seriously, the division leading Rams right now. Uh, but you know what? I was very happy for the players that got it done. You know, Frank Gore, you know, legend among the running backs, getting a getting a um, you know a touchdown that helped them win. Sam Darnold having a very good game, two hundred seventy yards and a touchdown. It was bad for the Jets, obviously, like, wow, what a way that how how could you make this season worse was to win one. Um, but, you know, I think it's good for those two. You know, Frank Gore didn't want to be a part of a team that was tanking. You know, he wasn't he was always trying to be the veteran leadership. And I'm glad that he helped his team win. And Sam Darnold, we also knew, was not a part of that tanking You know, mentality. He wanted to win and he's on a team that he knows he's not going to be on next year. You know, so I'm happy for the two of them that they got it done. And uh, you know, <clears throat> they did not have to go play the Rams as hard as they did. They did not have to. The Rams are so much better than them. If you know, if they had played, you know when they played the uh, when they played the Raiders, the Raiders are like an okay team. So like that understands, get, try to get a win, but to get a win against the ten and four ten and three at the time Rams, I mean, no one was expecting it, and I got I gotta give them credit. you know, I said, no way in no way in hell. And they did it. So my shout outs to I can't believe it to the New York Jets. <laughs> Yeah. I mean,
0: upset of the year. Well, I'll touch on a little bit later. I'm sure we'll talk, we'll both talk a little bit more about it in NFL, but yeah, it's, I think it's one of those times where I I was a little disappointed because I, I want Trevor Lawrence in New York, but you know, Justin Fields would probably be okay as well. And, and honestly, the Jags are such a surprise. They could pull out a victory in these next two weeks and, and still like kick the jets to to the first pick. But uh, it's like you said, like, I think especially in my opinion when it comes to football like we can have the idea of like a front office or even like a coaching staff at times kind of like trying to t- tank and, and get a pick but like all those guys out there are are working their tail ap- tails off week in and week out like they're still professionals they're still guys that like want to win and and I think it's it's a credit to all of them of being like cuz like you, you become the laughing stock and the jets have been the laughing stock of the NFL for quite a while uh, but like these guys are still football players that that have a desire to compete and, and do their best out there. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Especially it like it was great having it be Frank Gore to get that that first down and like seal the win because like who doesn't love Frank Gore? He he's the, the quintessential, just like professional.
1: Yeah, I mean honestly put him in the hall of fame. Put him in the hall of fame, ladies and gentlemen. For he sure it. for sure. I don't even think it's I don't even think it's a question. He's he's what like third all time? in uh, rushing yards now. Right. I mean, yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he reminds me of Larry Fitz. I mean, not like the fact that Larry Fitz, you know, on one the same team, but like, you don't remember how good they are because they've just been consistent for very, very, very long time. And so, uh, yeah, but Frank Orr yeah, there's not a lot of runners left like him too. The kind of bruising bowling ball back running backs. It's just like a fun. True. It's a fun running back to watch. Yeah. So we're not kind of an like, end of the year there coming up. It's gonna be interesting to see. Like
0: with I pull I just pulled up the, the most rushing yards. Frank Gore is, is third behind Emmett Smith, Walter Payton. He's in front of Barry Sanders. Adrian Peterson is in fifth, depending on you know, if he's got a, a year or two left, could could possibly catch Barry Sanders maybe even get to Frank Gore, but, but you hit that on like nail in the coffin, like the modern NFL running back. I'm not sure we're ever going to really see And a guy, I, I mean, sports change things are cyclical a lot of times, but, but it's going to be a while I think until we see a, a guy get up to the, like, cause Jamal Lewis is 25th and he's got 10,607 yards. I'm not sure the next running back we're going to see that that's going to pass 10,000. Uh, so it is, it's, uh, It's quite an accomplishment, and something that, and you get into the top three now. That's I think his name is is going to stay there for quite a while. Uh, My shout out is uh, is going to a young man, not quite a veteran like Frank Gore, point guard Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. Uh, Young man started his freshman career last year at UNC. First game he had thirty four points, eleven rebounds, and five dimes. It was the most points ever by an ACC freshman in their debut. Unfortunately, he suffered a partially torn meniscus that really derailed his and the Tar Heels season. They, of course, went 14-19 to 19 last year, the only losing season under Roy Williams. And I think if Cole Anthony was healthy the full year, we probably wouldn't have seen that. Uh, and it also hurt his draft stock. He ended up being taken 15th by the Magic, but just missed out on the lottery when, when a lot of people at the start of the college year last year thought he could be a lottery pick. He's been a part of a couple of highlight clips involving Lame- LaMelo Ball, where Ball got the better of him. But this is why you can't be a social media sports fan. Uh, Because if if you just like kind of follow sports or just follow a game or what have you from like social media, you don't actually see the full picture of a game. You you see a small clip. You see five to ten seconds of what happened. Cole Anthony led all rookies in the preseason with 48% field goal percentage. Meanwhile, LaMelo Ball had the lowest at 27. But my favorite thing about him is he hit the game winner against Ball and the Hornets in that game. And he had like no reaction to it. Just very even keeled, like stoic. So much so that Nikola Vucevic tweeted at him after and was like, hey, Cole, it's okay to smile, especially after you win- hit a game winner. And Cole Anthony responded with, quote, got to get better, Vooch. I'll smile later. And I love that. Like this Love knows, that. He, like, he knows a game winner in the preseason doesn't mean a damn thing. Like He knows he still has to grind, still has to work. And that's the kind of competitor I want on my team. And, and I think he's already showing just with that mentality – uh, and what he's done so far, like he, he's going to be a point guard in the league for a long time. So my shout outs to Cole Anthony. He's gotten some flack on social media from uh, pretend basketball fans. But he but he's been as
1: impressive as any rookie in the preseason. Right. I love man. Social media basketball fans must be the most annoying of all the sports because you they think if, if you get crossed up once, it's like you're the worst player in the world. And it's like everyone's been crossed up once and ever and really badly you're telling me if Chris Paul gets crossed up once which he has several several times that all of a sudden he's not Chris Paul like what like that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me Also, someone, someone has like a big dunk and like or like a nice pass and it's like oh man they're such a great player And like
0: that was three seconds of the
1: game right it's like why everybody's confused about uh what's that Miami what is that Miami guy's name Derek Derek uh You know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. No. Derek Derek Jones. Yeah, the guy who was in the dunk contest and everybody's like, he's so good. And it's like, no, he barely plays for the Heat. Like, he's a great dunker. He barely plays. Great athlete. Like, absolute, like,
0: maniac out there with the ability to dunk. But, like, yeah, the ability to dunk does not make you a good basketball player. It can look cool and it's awesome and I'm jealous because, God, if I could dunk, I'd be the happiest person in the world. (laughs) But like it doesn't, it doesn't determine what you can do on the court. So it's, it's exhausting seeing people on social media, especially like Instagram. Like I'll, on like some of my like recommended stuff. I'll like scroll through stuff and I'll be like,
1: you people have no idea
0: what you're talking about. Right. Exactly.
1: It's ridiculous. And I hate them all. I agree. That's all. I hate them all. Yep. Yep. We do just get a podcast. Like cool people right exactly get a podcast give us your terrible takes and then we will talk about your terrible takes on our podcast
0: yeah all right that is those are our shout outs for the week it's the new york chats it's cole anthony and now we're going to move on to win sprints win sprints this episode going to be a little different instead of kind of going over just the top stories through the sports world we're going to focus specifically on college football the college football playoff yon is set it's Alabama number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, and Notre Dame number four. What are your initial reactions to uh, to that playoff? Uh, do you think the committee got it right?
1: And uh, kind of what do you see happening between those four teams? I mean, in the the I mean Alabama was always going one, so that I feel is fair. And Clemson was going to go two if they beat Notre Dame, so that is also fair. So I think one and two are set. Uh, You know, Ohio State's had questions, obviously, with their shortened season, and their game against Northwestern wasn't great. But at the same time, you know, we knew that they were going to get the benefit of the doubt. Like, that was very clear that they were going to get the top four. Uh, And because Notre Dame did so freaking poorly in their game, they, you know, finished three which I don't know if that's fair but you know we knew that they were going to get the benefit of the doubt. The only team that I don't know if they got it right with was Notre Dame because in my head I get it like they beat Clemson but if we're going you know by the eye test you look at the Notre Dame team that just barely beat Clemson and then got trashed in the game with with Trevor Lawrence it does it does give some gripes about about whether they deserve to be in I like I get it I do get it you know like that was they had a very good chance of being in from beating Clemson that first time uh but you know I'm sure I mean we've heard and AM is 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 definitely feeling a little uh hard done. But I I I'm not Yeah, yeah. Do you think do you think AM deserved it over Notre Dame? Yeah, I think so. I you think do? I think they I do. I think they're a better team than Notre Dame. I don't know, like deserving is hard because again, I get it. Like it's not like I'm like, dad, I don't even know why they would do that. I do get it. Like they beat Clemson earlier this season, and Clemson's the number two. I you know, I get it. That 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 that's a loss comes. Uh, I just, I for me, it's a personal thing. Like Notre Dame looked so bad in that game against Clemson, I was just like, now they have to play Alabama for what? Like they're not going to beat; they're going to get destroyed by Alabama. So it's like, it, it it makes for me. I felt like our conversation last time came up. I was like, see, this is why maybe we need more teams because just saying this is one through four. Alabama's going to crush this team. Alabama's going to crush them. So I, I was like, that's not going to be a fun game to watch. Do you think A was going to compete with Alabama? More than Notre Dame, more than Notre
0: Dame. I mean, they already lost to him by twenty eight points. Uh, like, how right. much more? How much more can you get shellacked
1: than twenty eight points? Right, but Clemson, like Trevor Lawrence, is better than Mac Jones, but Clemson has fewer weapons than than Alabama. You know, like with Najee Harris and Devonta Smith, who we'll talk about. It is like Heisman candidate. You know, one A, one B, depending on where you want. Like, I just feel like that Notre Dame defense showed a lot of holes that Alabama is just going to just really crush. So I think that they lose by more than 28, maybe it's going to be rough. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to
0: argue for Notre Dame come like competing with Alabama, but I, I mean, I've already seen that A&M get smacked. And I I, right. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen A&M look all that good in any games. Like I, there's games in Notre, Notre Dame schedule. Like, yeah, if I just went off of Notre Dame's game against Clemson, I'd probably be like, man, they don't really look like a top four team, but through the whole season, Notre Dame to me has looked like a top four team far more than AM. Like AM has a nice win against Florida. Otherwise, they beat seven teams that really aren't that good. Like the people can say the SEC is the best conference in the year, but it's a down year in the SEC as well. And they got manhandled by Alabama. Like Alabama was destroyed them. And I, I think Clemson doesn't have maybe the high profile weapons as Alabama, but they still have a ton of weapons and I think and I think Clemson has a better defense. I, I personally think it was the, the correct four and I yeah. think it was in the right order. I think it's a, in a tough year where you know lots and, and lots of things were handled very poorly. Uh I, I do believe the playoff feels correct. I think AM was probably really the only challenger to note a name. Like I don't think there was anyone else you could really say like might have had a chance. No oh, yeah. Um but yeah over over the the course of the season I just And like they said, you know, the eye test is kind of the biggest one for this year in a year where there's no non-conference games to go off. Like, everyone can say the SEC is the best conference, but we don't have any idea. And everyone can say, like, Penn State and Michigan and the Big Ten suck, but we don't have any idea. Like, maybe Penn State and Michigan were decent and the Big Ten was, like, Indiana and Northwestern and all them were just really good this year. So, it's – we've come into this year unfortunately with preconceived notions which is part of the reason I hate like the AP poll because like you start in the AP poll before there's a game played and if you're in the top 10 like you have such an advantage over a team that's not ranked at all like a team not ranked at all can have a better season than you but if you started in the top five it's gonna take them so much like more to jump you and, and to impress because of just these preconceived ideas we have so uh I, I do think Notre Dame for me looked like uh, like the better team when it came to the, to the uh, eye test. And, and I, I think, I think Clemson was like pretty fired up to win that game as well. So it, it's, you know, it's tough, to, it's tough to hold A&M accountable, like for getting shellacked by Alabama. And it's tough to for like hold Notre Dame to getting dominated by Clemson, because I think those two are the two best teams. Like I, I agree with you. I, I think, I think Alabama's going to roll Notre Dame, right. um, and I think I think Ohio State like they're going to come into their game with with certainly ample reasons to perform. They they've been doubted by a lot by like many people in the, around the country this year. Even Dabo Sweeney, which it, ridiculous by Dabo Sweeney putting them eleventh in his coaches poll. Like that, that's such a petty thing to do. I don't know why we have the coaches poll anyway. It, it's stupid, but uh, like just just ridiculous. And that'll be you know some more bulletin board material for them. Uh, But they also have motivation from last year's Fiesta Bowl. Clemson won that game 29-23, sealed the victory with an interception of Justin Fields in the end zone on the Buckeyes' last possession. Uh, I think OSU is going to really have to to get in the run game going in this game to compete, which it certainly looked to get against Northwestern. Trey Sermon, 331 yards, two touchdowns. But I just think Clemson's too good, and and OSU too – they're they def- like they don't have Chase Young or Jeff Akuta this year like that defense is isn't quite as good as we've seen it uh, so I, I think Clemson and and Bama get a pretty pretty easy wins on the way to the championship uh, who who do you like between between those two
1: between the Tigers and the Crimson Tide I agree I I, I think that you know my thing is it's a it's a, it's definitely an intriguing matchup right because we still I don't you know OSU I still don't know who they are. It's crazy to me, to say that, but like I feel like I'm watching different teams every game with OSU. Like this the rushing game that was there against Northwestern was ridiculous. I was like, "Where did that come from?" Like that's crazy. And, you know, 331 yards out of no like what? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, like for me, these teams like live and die by their quarterbacks as they should. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are the two best players on the field, but but you look at how they played, right? Trevor Lawrence coming back after all this crap. You know, he throws three touchdowns and a pretty easy victory for Clemson. Justin Fields w- accounted for zero touchdowns. And I know he didn't need to, but he also threw two picks and and hasn't – and he's been throwing picks left and right, you know? And so I'm kind of like – I don't trust Justin Fields right now. I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm saying like in a game where it's quarterback decision quarterback – Decision-making has, has been a little – Ill-advised at times, for sure. Right, exactly. So I'm I, going off of that. You know, I think that you're. I, I I have that down too. I think OSU would really need to dominate on the ground. I think Clemson's defense is better than Northwestern, and I don't think they're going to allow a 300-yard rusher to go get to get 300 yards on them. So you know, where is that extra made up? You know, Justin Fields going to have to be a lot better in the decision-making process. But I agree. I think like I think Alabama is. Outmatches Notre Dame a lot more than Clemson outmatches OSU, but I still right. think I I would be sh- I wouldn't be sh- I know I would be I'd be shocked if Clemson lost this game by anything more than like a last play. So I I, I think it's pretty I i have taken the Tigers in this one pretty confidently.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like I I could I can see Ohio State winning, but, right. but agree with you where it's like if Ohio State wins, it's going to be a late touchdown by Justin Field. like it's going to be a real close game where like it also seems plausible that Clemson wins by 17 um so then so then your national championship I think we both agree it's
1: Alabama Clemson how do you see that game going I mean I never I would before this season if you told me to go vote against Trevor Lawrence I would be very hard pressed to do that you know with who he is but he's got an issue he has to his, his defense has to match up against three, yes, three people who at different times of the season were Heisman candidates. Like Mac Jones at some point was a Heisman candidate. Najee Harris at some point was an Heisman and Devonta Smith is might win it. So that, that there, it has nothing to do with Trevor Lawrence. I just, again, Alabama has weapons on all, all three tiers of the offense, you know, and their, and their defense for me is, is just as good, if not better, you know? so. I, I think that um, – I'm not saying Alabama's defense is as dominant as it used to be. It obviously isn't. But I don't think they're so outmatched that Trevor Lawrence is going to exploit them, you know, to the point where Alabama's offense won't be able to catch up.
0: See, and that's kind of where I see the difference. I the, This Alabama defense doesn't impress me that much. Even we saw it against Florida. Like, Florida's offense was able to put up a lot. They, they were getting better towards the end of the season, but they were playing offenses that – weren't all that impressive. Ole Miss put up, I think, like 48 points on them. Uh, You know, it's – the Tigers in in Alabama, it would be their fourth meeting in the college football playoff. Clemson has a two-to-one advantage. No number one seed has ever won the college football playoff yet. Um, And, and like, Trevor Lawrence, if he gets into that national championship game, it would be his sixth college football playoff game. He'd be four-and-one in them, like – I just I remember him as a freshman tearing up a much better Alabama defense. Where I can't imagine he doesn't do that again. I agree with you. Like, how do you really slow down Devonte Smith, Mac Jones, or, or Najee Harris? But I, I just think I think Clemson's offense is going to be able to to really do whatever they want against that Bama defense. Um, and then I think I think they have a little more playmakers on their defensive side to to get a turnover here or there. So. Like you said, like Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, they might all – like one of them will probably win the Heisman, but end of the day, Trevor Lawrence is still the best player in college football. So I'm going to go Clemson in the, the the national championship game.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see the national championship game if Alabama wins being like the SEC championship. Like they win 52-48. to 48. Like that's kind of what I'm expecting. It's, it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be so which, much most fun. Most of their,
0: their – uh, national championships have been like i i think besides besides the one that that lawrence won as a freshman when they won i mean clemson's offense was on fire but like clemson won that one 44 to 16 otherwise the the year that deshaun watson led them to to the title it was 35 31 and uh and then the year before that when when alabama came up top it was 45 40 like i i agree i think it's both teams are going to score over thirty-five points, and I think I think it'll probably be near the forties, which should be a fun game.
1: Yeah, definitely, it'll be fun. It's going to be fun for us. I'm excited. Yeah, exactly.
0: I used to I used to like Clemson a lot more than Alabama. Now they both kind of annoy me, so I I have I have less of a dog in the fight in this one. I don't I don't really care. No, so, uh, Sweeney, I'll, I'll just I can't, enjoy. I can't go for so it. annoying. Eleventh so so in the coaches poll, dude. Like,
1: come on. Yeah, I don't know what his problem is. He and it's like you're an d all-time winner now. So like why do you have to keep talking? You're acting like you're, not. you're like some coach. You're acting that, like a little brother. Right, exactly. You're not. You're not. Like hearing him talk
0: and then hearing Nick Saban talk, like Nick Saban's always frustrated me, but Nick Saban frustrates me because Nick Saban wins. The way like Nick Saban composes himself as opposed to Dabo Sweeney, I'm just like, this dude has been there before. You look like the like like the little brother. That's just like hey, don't forget about Clemson and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you've won we have two national championships, probably should have won three or four over the, like, you've probably been the best team in the country the last five years. Why are you still acting this way?
1: Right, it's the fact that we're talking about his attitude, even though his team has the best player in the, in the, in the country and, like, has a chance to win everything. The fact that we're still annoyed by his attitude, I'm just like, eh, yeah, you know, it's, it's... It says a lot. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's turn our attention
0: to the other four games of the New Year's Six, Jan, and uh, the fly has landed in my beer. Hell, a multitude of of flies has landed, maybe even a Big Ten amount of them, because are you kidding me with these bowls? The Indiana Hoosiers absolutely screwed by the selection committee. It's an absolute joke. They went 6-1, and their lone loss coming at Ohio State. They beat Wisconsin on the road. They beat Penn State and Michigan in the same year for the first time ever. And they're far more deserving, and they're just deserving of a spot. I I don't believe Florida and Georgia both deserve to be there. I think you can probably pick either one. I'd I'd probably go for Florida, but I think it's absurd that there's four uh, SEC teams in the 12 spots for these six games. Uh, I don't think Iowa State deserves to be there in front of Indiana. And, And while I think Georgia, Florida, and Iowa State have a legitimate argument, how the hell is North Carolina there in front of Indiana? I, like, I don't understand why Ohio State gets the benefit out of the doubt, but the rest of the Big Ten doesn't. And what really pisses me off, too, is it, it's these high-paid officials who sit in a room, eating shrimp cocktail, making decisions, and they're punishing this group of kids from Indiana for not playing enough games in a freaking pandemic. You don't think they wanted to play? Like, as the Brits say, are y'all taking a piss? I guarantee you every Indiana Hoosier wanted to play all their games. I, wanted they, I bet they wanted to play an entire full season of 12 games and show what they've got. But there's a pandemic going on. There are so many other factors that were holding them back from doing that. And the fact that they're being punished for that, it, it, it pisses me off. It's despicable. And it, it, it makes me not give a shit about any of these games, quite frankly. Like it, it, It's an absolute joke. And, and the fact that they're not in there – and you've got some of these matchups like I, it's a snor- snooze fest to me. All these games. I mean, I, I get Oregon as the Pac-12 champion, but they didn't even win their division. They were in that game because Washington couldn't play due to COVID. It, it's ugh, it's a joke. It's the money hungry people that take advantage of college athletes year in and year out, and and I'm
1: I'm pissed off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's the question, right? So why why did you put Ohio State in the college playoffs then? Why did you put them there? Like yeah, are you, why? Like what? I think I think Ohio State deserves it, but why did they
0: get get the benefit of of like all right, yep, it's COVID, and the rest of the Big Ten's just like, well, you guys should have played more games. That doesn't right. make you like that doesn't make any sense. Right.
1: Exactly. And and uh, yeah, I I mean yeah, it's like what were you giving them the spot for then? Because then you're basically saying they haven't beaten a team that is deserving of a New York Six Bowl, where all these other teams have. And if that's the case, they don't deserve to be there. They they deserve to be in the New York Six Bowl, and then put t- and then put Texas A and M in. If that's what you're saying, if what you're saying is games against Big Ten teams don't matter, then why is why why put anyone that's not in the SEC? Because we all know that's what you want to do. You want to put four SEC teams there. We we it's it's clear as day. You know, I'm not I'm not completely certain that if Florida hadn't beat Alabama, that they would have tried to not knock put them in for no damn reason. You know, like, honestly. So I I it's it's year in, year out happens. And this year it's it's more noticeable because of the, you know, what's it called? Because of the hip, hypocrisy of putting Ohio State at third, even though they haven't been a team that is above at in their eyes above like 13th. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like they played at that point, put Cincinnati in. I mean, honestly, if if that's the case.
0: So like I get more SEC teams in the 12 spots and you get one big, like it doesn't, it, it makes, it makes no sense. And I'm, I'm not naive. I understand that they make these decisions because they want TV rankings because it's all about the money, but you can't tell me that North Carolina is some football like powerhouse. I know the Iowa state fans love Iowa state but nationally, nobody gives a shit about Iowa State. I'm sorry, it's true. Even Cincinnati, they 100 deserve their spot. But it's not like Cincinnati is going to be like a big oh man, can't wait to see Cincinnati. So like to use also to use that that reasoning of of like for themselves of being like, well, we're not going to put Indiana in. It's garbage because it's not like you have a bunch of Florida versus Georgia games. Like it's a bunch of games of teams that aren't normally there. And, and I love that being the case. Like I, I, I love that, that Iowa State and North Carolina are in the New Year's Six instead of different – instead of the same teams that are there every year. But like Indiana deserved it more than
1: both of those teams. Right. I mean, yeah, because for me, you know, for me the big one that stands out because you have to give Cincinnati something for being undefeated I think. You know, I do get that. And Oklahoma, Big 12 champions, again, I, I do get that. But for me, the big one that's – and Oregon, you know, I guess if you're going off, you want the champions in a New York Six Bowl. I, I, I get, get it. it. Like you have to, but like it's it's lame right. that they're there. Right. And Texas A&M obviously was the first team out. But for me, the one that is like doesn't make sense, right? Florida played – I told you they were going to – you know, they played a good game against Alabama. Kyle Trask is a Heisman candidate. That one I also get. But Georgia – Georgia? Why is Georgia in there? Agreed. They have played like crap all season, and the only the only thing people are saying is like, "Well, J.T. Daniels went in there and played better." I'm like, for one game, and then they haven't played since November. What made you think that they deserve? So when it? is that supposed to be a
0: factor? Like, how how is that a factor that's in your favor? Yeah, like oh, it's, we have a new quarterback, so we look better. Like what? Like you blew out South Carolina, who is two and eight you blew out Missouri who's five and five. Otherwise you haven't looked all that good this year. Like you, they don't have any, they don't have any big wins. And I I know Penn state and Michigan aren't their normal selves, but like maybe they're not their normal selves because Indiana is also good.
1: That could be the case. And Indiana, like at least for a little bit of the game for, for a half kept up with Ohio state very, very well. So You know, it's not like they got blown out by the good team either. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I I think UNC, Iowa State after that game against Oklahoma, I was also like, I mean, what did they show that they deserve? You know, I agree. I was just like, I'm not impressed by them after that game. So I get get it because you had them ranked so high, but maybe there's a problem with your rankings then, as there always is every year. And you need other people in that room because you guys obviously aren't getting the job done.
0: Well, I think like I legitimately think we need to get rid of the AP poll and like the preseason because whether the college football playoff ranking committee thinks they're doing it without bias, they aren't. Every single college football like playoff rankings near the AP poll very like a lot every single time. And and admittedly, part of it is because, you know, yeah, those teams probably are in those positions like the season's kind of progressed a little bit. But you can't tell me. That in the back of their heads, they aren't also thinking about what that poll looks like. Where like I think we need to get rid of the poll for the first four or five weeks. Like there doesn't need to be any poll, but we need it because of TV ratings and all that shit. But it but it ruins the the college football playoff. It, it just creates, like I said, these these preconceived notions and these preconceived biases about teams that aren't that aren't like worthy or that or
1: that aren't earned. Yeah, you know what it is, Matt. It's the WWE. It's like, is it actually football or is it just them writing a script and and people following it? You know, and and unless something crazy happens, then it's going to be the same script that we expect. I mean, we could have called these teams from the beginning. Notre Dame was the one, maybe not, but we've been ta- we've been covering this college football season from the beginning and we called it. And like maybe one or two teams are in different places, but that's it. One, they, they swept one. That's like it. The top, yeah.
0: The top four, we were
1: like, it's going to be this top four. And I think we said that like two months ago. Right. And the fact that that's right, despite a, like a season, which has been crazy, both upset wise and like just everybody playing or not playing the fact that it's the same. It's like, so you guys didn't even try, like you guys didn't even try to, to actually make a decision.
0: Yeah. I agree. Well, you know, we've we've blown off the steam. We might as well look at the other four games. Uh, like I said, I'm not all, all that excited about them. Uh, Oklahoma and Florida are in the Cotton Bowl, kind of the one high-profile matchup. But it's a down year for the Sooners, and, and you know, Florida looked decent in, in a fight against Bama, but after that last against LSU, they've lost a little bit of their luster. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Sooners in this game. I think it'll probably be a, a big offensive battle between these two i think lincoln riley does a pretty good job of getting his team ready for bowl games and and we'll want some sec revenge after the ass whooping lsu gave them last year but like even this game like oklahoma florida should be an exciting game and i'm like just not that excited about
1: this one okay yeah i mean i i agree i i'm excited to see trask versus rattler you know i think it's like a more seasoned good quarterback versus a young young good quarterback um you know I, I, where Rattler did well against ISU. So, you know, I think I'm, I mean, he did okay against ISU. ISU looked bad. That's why they were not playing well, to be completely fair. Uh, But yeah, I, I, you know, I'm happy that Florida kept up with Alabama as much as they did. You're right. I think it definitely says a lot about the Alabama defense more necessarily than maybe the Florida offense. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, of the games that we have, I'm happy for this one (laughs) because at least it's like you have good players playing in like an exciting game. Uh, yeah, I think Florida probably wins it in a quarterback battle, but that's all I have to say about that one.
0: Yeah. Like it's a game that like, when you first look at it, you're like, Oh, like number, I think it's number six, Florida against number seven, Oklahoma. Like it should be a game that sounds really good. And then like, I kind of just thought about it more and I'm just like it, but it's, it doesn't sound like it really isn't as appealing as it even looks. But, uh, I will say, you know, the peach bowl is probably the one game I'm excited about just because I'm excited for Cincinnati. I agree with you. I don't think Georgia should be here. Um, I, I know they got a, a good defense and they're going to be a real test for the Bearcats with that defense. And maybe JT Daniels does bring that, that new element to their offense, but it, it's also one of those things where I'm like, if JT Daniels was that good, why wasn't he starting all year? Like, why did it take you so long to get Jane, JT Daniels playing like this? I'm going to pick Cincinnati in the upset. I, I like, I just, I think Cincinnati's just a strong team. They've got a balanced offense. They have a really good defense. I think they're they can maybe feel like they were cheated. I, I'm not gonna make the argument that they deserve to be in the college football playoff because they yeah. without non-conference games to really make a mark, it's tough to say a team that that goes undefeated in the AAC deserves to be in the top four. But I do think they're a legitimate top ten team. And I think Luke Fickle's a great coach. I think Cincinnati gets this upset win, and I think Fickle starts getting looked at as some of these high profile jobs.
1: Right. I mean, <clears throat> Fickle would do well at Georgia. I think that'd be good. Um, you think no, they're gonna but, Kirby smart? <laughs> no, but I, I'm just saying similar teams, uh good defenses. It I would be off. it would be similar, sort of like the teams would look look uh, very, very similar for sure. Right. Uh yeah, I mean I I don't I didn't even think of this as an upset pick. I picked Cincinnati as well. I was just like, why JT Daniels played a couple games and then they haven't played in, in a month. So why should I think that in that month they've gotten, you know, more cohesive without playing any games? Like that doesn't make any sense to me, especially when they're going to be going up against a good Cincinnati defense. You know, Cincinnati, they barely beat Tulsa in that championship. So that does, you know, give me a little pause, but, you know, I think both have a lot to prove. You know, Georgia wants to be like, we didn't suck. And Cincinnati wants to be like, you know, we did, we had a good season. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think, Ritter is a good quarterback and I think he will lead his team better uh, than JT Daniels. So I'm, I'm going with Cincinnati as well. Yeah. George, I mean,
0: Georgia's is favored by seven and I, I like, why I feel, I feel like it's, I feel like it's just like kind of sec, big conference bias. Like I I, w- I would understand giving Georgia the line because like you look at these two teams, like Georgia should be better, but I, they,
1: don't play the game on,
0: they don't play the game on. No, that no, that's what I was saying. I was I understand no, giving them the lot. Like, I would probably favor Georgia if I was Vegas. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. by a touchdown, I was like, damn, like i I'll, I'll take that upset pick all day of, of the Bearcats. I just think they're 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 a good team. Uh the Orange Bull has Texas AM taking on the aforementioned Tar Heels. I don't know how the hell they're there. Like I I get they had the big win against Miami, but but how good was Miami? They also lost to Virginia and Florida State. Like I it makes me so mad that North Carolina's here. And we were talking up Mac Brown and North Carolina. Like I think they've done a lot of good things. They don't deserve to be in this game. Uh and AM, you know, they have a good record, but like they haven't, like I said, they haven't won that many games all that convincingly. Uh and I, so I, I kind of think this is gonna be a close one. I think with North Carolina's run game with uh, Sam Howell, I think they'll be able to compete with AM just because AM really they haven't shown the ability to really dominate a team for four quarters. They've kept Worst teams in North Carolina in games for four quarters. Uh, but I, I'm gonna go with AM to get a win late. Kellen Mond, the four-year starter, his final game for the Aggies, I think makes a play in the fourth quarter for AM and they get the win. But I think this, as much as I don't think North Carolina deserves to be here, I do think this is gonna be a, a pretty enjoyable game.
1: Right. I mean, I I agree. I think they'll neither of them will get away from the other one. I think Sam Howell's great, you know. Uh I think Sam Howell is probably has shown me that he's better this season than Kellen Mond. So I I, I do like the quarterback advantage there. The big thing is going to be the run game, right? UNC in that win against Miami, they rushed for over like 500 yards on the ground. Uh, they rushed for over 245 a game. Meanwhile, Texas A&M's defense only allows 92. So which of those is going to give? That's going to be like the big thing. Can UNC establish that run? Because if they can't establish their run game, Matthew, they're going to get blown out. They're going to get blown out. So I think, You know, I I think that that's going to be the big thing to look at. And uh, I know, you know what I I think, though, because as much as I was saying earlier about Notre Dame and like, do they deserve to be in the four above Texas A&M? The whole Texas A&M thing coming out and and playing like whiny baby about playing in the SEC also made me just hate them. I was like, I'm I'm certainly biased against them because of that. Right. I was like, oh, I'm sorry if the Patriots were in the NFC East instead of the AFC East, we would be in the playoffs, too. But we're not. And that's how that goes. And, you know, it's like the Packers would not have a loss if they didn't play. And, you know, like that's that's just how it is. And if you're going to complain, you also get the benefit. You know, you know, you get the benefit of being in the SEC, too. You can't you can't act like it's just it's just a bad thing. You get the benefit of being there. Look at all the teams that don't get to be in this game because because you're in you the SEC. four
0: teams in the New Year's Six Bowls. Like I,
1: Clearly, nobody is looking down on the SEC. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that made me mad, and I'm a big believer in karma. So I think after bitching about it all week, Texas A&M is going to go into this game and get upset by a team that maybe shouldn't be there. So I, I'm taking UNC in a close one. I think their run game uh, gets established enough to grab the win.
0: Yeah, I like him. That, that made me so mad of Jim. Like, was just like we're the best conference and no one lost team from the SEC has never not made it and all this stuff. And I'm like, do none of you college football coach like you all get paid millions and millions of dollars a year and you can't take any look at the climate of the world right now and like apply it to the, your world of college football. Like, how dumb are you
1: people? Right, very dumb, <laughs> very Trinkly. dumb. Let's not ask yeah. that
0: question. We're gonna be, we're gonna be really upset that the highest state employee in most states are these morons. All right, right. but last one, the Fiesta Bowl. It's a snooze fest to me, may, and it's and so maybe bad. I'm being a, I might be being a jerk, Hawkeye fan. But like, I know they had a great year, finished first in the Big Twelve standings, but an eight and three record with a seventeen point loss to Louisiana normally doesn't get you an at large bid to the Fiesta Bowl. And, I, and I, I'm so sick of Iowa State fans being like, wow, Louisiana is a good team. You guys lost to 17 by Louisiana. Louisiana's a good team because they didn't, like, they just played in conference. Like, there's a reason Coastal Carolina's 10 10-0. There's a reason Louisiana's nine 9-1. There's a reason a lot of these mid-major teams are having such great seasons. It's because they had to just play the weak opponents in their conference. So, like, you can't give me this argument that, like, the Louisiana loss isn't bad. It is. Uh, and like I mentioned how Oregon got here, like I know they technically deserve it, they're Pac 12 champions, but they didn't even win their damn division, right? So, I, yeah. I think the loans are gonna win because I think Matt Campbell is a terrific coach, uh, even if Brock Purdy might be the most overrated player in college football. But, hey. uh, it, like, it, it's I, like, I what an unexciting game, and, and like, I, I'm I'm sorry, it just <laughs> It' been like I, I admit it probably is partly because I'm a Hawkeye and I don't care about the Cyclones, but like, oh great, number ten Cyclones who probably don't deserve to be number ten against the twenty fifth ranked Oregon Ducks team. Like, I, I, I'd rather I'd rather watch well some of the other bowls we'll talk about later. Quite frankly,
1: right, exactly, and like I don't think you're being unfair. ISU looked terrible in that game. They they came back, but you know why they came back? Oklahoma doesn't have a great defense. Like people, you know, he, they picked him off three different times. They picked him off three times in a Big Twelve championship game. That's not what a good t- quarterback does. And 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 ISU, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I, ISU, I don't. know. That's the thing. But in this game, I'm trying to figure out who is le- le- least deserving, <laughs> less deserving. And uh, you know, Oregon, I'm gonna say they're less deserving just because of what you said. They didn't win their division. And even if they won, Matthew, we know that's because USC was the most overrated team in the country. You know, like we knew this. We Got knew lucky, that. Lucky, lucky, lucky.
0: Probably not right. even overrated. They were probably like 5-0 and at 13 was probably a deserving ranking because like, yeah, I guess you're 5-0 and in a major conference. But we all knew they weren't legit. Like there's a reason 5-0 and Ohio State was getting looked at differently
1: than 5-0 and USC. Right, exactly. And so that, that loss didn't surprise me, and and the Ducks almost let them come back. So it's not like they blew them out either. So yeah, I, I'm i going with ISU. I'm not happy about it. This game is called the Fiesta Bowl, which is supposed to mean party, and instead I'm just going to like take a Xanax and sleep through it, but otherwise it's whatever. Take <laughs> a
0: Xanax and sleep. <laughs>
1: That is the right call for the Fiesta
0: Bowl this year. <laughs> uh, those are uh, those are the New Year's six bowls. We agree. We agree on the semifinals. We differ between Clemson, and Alabama, but I think um, I think we were well. You took you took uh UNC with the upset, and I think otherwise we were in in all. Well, no, you took Florida. I took Oklahoma. I think we both took Cincy.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm taking a And M just by the slightest of margins. Jan's going with Carolina, and then we both think. The clones will win the Fiesta Bowl. It helps when you play a team that didn't win their goddamn division. I, whatever. Let's get on, Jan, to an exciting bowl game. It's yeah. the Music City Bowl, baby. Ooh, baby. I think you know part of the disappointment with the lack of respect for the Big Ten, like, is because it hurt the Hawkeyes. Like, if Indiana gets a Big Six bowl. Northwestern gets to go to the Outback Bowl or, or maybe still the Citrus Bowl. And then one of those bowls opens up for the Hawks, which I, I think we would have been deserving of winning six straight games in the Big Ten. Uh, but the Music City Bowl is, is where we're at. It's a rematch of the 2010 Insight Bowl where the Hawks upset Missouri and Blaine Gabbert 27-24. to Fun fact about the, that game, Jan. That game, that bowl game, determined where I went to college. I couldn't, wow. decide. I couldn't decide between Mizzou and Iowa. And uh, then they got mashed up in a bowl together. And I was like, all right, whoever wins, that's where I'm going to go. And uh, the Hawks won. And alas, I, I wore the black and gold. And I guess Missouri is kind of similar colors to black and gold, but it's not gold. I only give the Hawkeyes gold. Everyone else wears yellow because gold yeah. you just know, better. But, uh, yeah, a rematch of that game. I'm glad Iowa won. Who I'd be doing this podcast with some loser from Missouri. From Missouri. That'd be gross. That'd be the
1: worst.
0: That'd
1: be the worst.
0: Uh, I mean, I think you know, it should be a Hawkeye victory this time as well. Uh, Iowa opened as a two touchdown favorite, and Missouri's Nick Bolton, uh, the third ranked inside linebacker, has declared for the draft and will forego the bowl game as well. So that only kind of aids to the Hawkeyes in this game. Kind of nice to get an easier opponent for a bowl game for once. I mean, there was, there was a stretch there where we got matched up with Oklahoma, LSU, and Florida teams that were ranked much higher than us. Uh, so I, I empathize with Missouri because we've been in this situation before where it was like, damn, how, why are we getting matched up with a team that has had a, a much better season than us? But uh, I, I'm kind of glad that we got what looks like a favorable matchup and uh, kind of an exciting feat for the Hawkeyes could be accomplished. Iowa has never won four straight bowl games in their history. Uh, Kirk and the boys are currently on a three-game bowl win streak. It's the second time that ference has done that. He's the only Iowa coach to ever win even three bowl games in a row. So some history, Iowa history to, to play for in this one. And I think, you know, with how the season started and the role we're on, while Missouri and the bowl game might not be the opponent and and location where we want to go, I, I think it's still a chance to to finish the season on, on, a, on a high note. And uh, I do think the Hawks – will will get this win because Missouri's kind of Missouri's shown some decent stuff at times, but there's also been times where it's like, yikes, you are, you're not very good. So I think the Hawks get that fourth bowl game, win in a row. What are you seeing from the Music City Bowl and our
1: Hawkeyes? I mean, I looked at that matchup and I said, oh, we're gonna destroy them. It it it's gonna be an embarrassing loss for Mizzou fans. Their their defense allows 32 point three points per game. 32.3. That's ridiculous. And and our Hawkeye offense is not like we're not Texas A&M, but we're definitely capable. Tyler Goodson's having a great season. Spencer Petras got better, you know, and our defense is better than that. You know, we're just we're just better across all all the zones. So I, I think it's a pretty simple win. And in my head I'm just mad because I'm like if you were just picking willy-nilly for TV ratings and you had an ISU team that underperformed and an Iowa team that overperformed just put put them in the same fucking bowl game honestly put them in the same fucking bowl game let's go let's go let's go let's go cuz that would be so much fun that would, would be so be much fun. fun and we deserve it I I'd think be a, I'd be, be a lot more wor- I'd be a lot more worried about the opponent that's for sure and that, but that's what i'm saying that game would mean something where ISU is playing far above what they're what they are and we're playing far below what we are so just put us in the middle put us in the bowl now you have a rivalry game in a bowl game and that will get you more fans and and we would have a lot more fun talking about it but instead we're going to blow out Mizzou which is fun but we're going to blow them out <laughs> i won't like, complain it. i won't complain
0: too much about a, a blowout victory i guess i guess that's we fair. kind of blew out USC last year but not until like late, not, not until late until the second half too. Like it was it was kind of back and forth and then Slovis got injured and and we kind of pulled away. Yeah, and and it was unexpected. Um we've had some tight ones last I mean Mississippi State was was a battle. Even the game against Boston College, yeah, Yankee Stadium yeah. was uh was a close one. We only won that one, I think, 27-20. So I'm hoping. I worry now. I just checked again, and now the line's 15 points in, in favor of Iowa. That like <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be too confident, and then we're gonna probably not play as great. But I don't really even need to win by 15. I just just go get that fourth bowl game win in a row in the year that uh, you know at 0 and two. If you would have told me we finished seven and two, I I certainly would take it.
1: Right. I mean, I thought oh, and 2 and then we're going to lose to Penn State and we're going to lose to Wisconsin and then we're going to lose to North I mean, I just I saw the I was bleakest worried we futures. might not go to a bowl. I mean, I remember our conversation being I remember our conversation being oh, how many wins do you think the Hawkeyes get? And I think I said 2. I think I legitimately said 2.
0: I think I I think I might have said like I think I was like optimistic and said 4. And even like that four, I was like, I'm not so sure about it. And now it's like, God damn it! How would we lose to Purdue? I, I could still live with the Northwestern loss. Like I, and Northwestern did. Ohio State made some mistakes, but I think Northwestern did show that they're. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's one of one of the best head coaches in college football. I, I don't think there's any question about that. He does. He does so much with so little over there at Northwestern. Um,
1: but yeah, it's uh, it's been a, an interesting football season for the Hawks. Yeah, for sure. But uh, glad we're there, and it'll be fun to get that win. Get that win, baby.
0: Hell yeah! And and then and I always forget this too. Like now, Missouri technically is an SEC team. It's always nice to beat an SEC team. So I like oh, I do. Yeah. I hope we blow them out just so I can be like, screw you, SEC. Like I know I know we're not really matched up. Like Missouri, Iowa's probably the fourth best team in the Big Ten this year. I wouldn't say Missouri is the fourth best team in the SEC. So it's not quite an even matchup. But I don't care. Let's still blow them out.
1: Right, let's blow them out, Matthew, and then let's be like the SEC teams. Be like, what about us? We were a two-loss team, and we only lost to Northwestern, who's a good team. We deserve to be in the playoffs.
0: If we went, oh, man. I'm not, I am not. don't even want to go down that road. All right, we've been over the New Year's Six. We've been over the Iowa game. Jan, now we're going to go back and forth. I'll let you go first. We're each going to give three other bowl games that we're, uh, we're looking forward to watching for – any number of reasons. So, what's what's the first bowl game that uh, has piqued your interest?
1: Uh, okay, State versus Miami is is, a, is an interesting one because you kind of have both could have had better seasons. Both want to end on a high, you know. And the and the question remains: Can okay, uh, can Okay State, you know, win without Chuba Hubbard, who has also you know opted out and declared for the draft? He had a terrible season, so it's not like his loss is like everything for them. He had a trash season. Uh, And, yeah, I think they'll want to. I think they'll want to be like, this is the new era, post Chuba Hubbard. It wasn't what we wanted, but let's see what we can make out of it. Meanwhile, Derek King, you know, he wants to put one more little thing on his resume before the draft. Uh, And I I think that's going to be interesting from him, especially after a game, um, a game where, you know, his team got schlacked against UNC. That was embarrassing. So. I, I think he wants to end on a higher note than that. So I, I think that's an interesting game between two teams that feel like disappointments at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think both. I think both those teams certainly wanted to be a little. I mean, eight and two, seven and three, not the worst seasons. But I think I think you're right. I think both of them had high expectations. There was a time where Oklahoma State looked like maybe the best team in the Big Twelve. And both teams. Both teams can put up a lot of points, and both teams. Give up a lot of points, yeah. So, uh, it's one of the few, I think, ranked matchups we have too outside of the New Year's Six. So, so, that one should be, uh, I don't know what the over-under is on that one, but uh, I'm gonna guess it's pretty high. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, it's Liberty against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, we kind of already kinda mentioned them. Another team I would have loved to see them make a New Year's Six bowl, but. I do understand why they didn't make it. Like I said, like part of the reason they're ten and zero is because they played their Sun Belt Conference opponents. Basically, they didn't really get like normally they would have a couple more high profile games. They did get that nice win over BYU, but even BYU isn't you know this isn't the late eighties of Ty Detmer and, and such. So this is the
1: uh,
0: late eighties. <laughs> I mean they used to be good. They used to be national title contenders, but uh,
1: <laughs>
0: not quite the case in this one anymore. Um, Well, and now I'm just talking about BYU coastal Carolina. Meanwhile, um, I I think this is a real test. Like I think everyone's going to look at this one and and we've coastal Carolina has been a part of the national conversation a lot where they look like the overwhelming favorite, but, but I think Liberty is going to be able to hang with this and with, with them in this one, pardon me. Uh, Both teams have high powered offenses, each average over 37 points a game and 440 yards a game. Like the over another one that really over under is 59 and a half on this. I Put your money on the over. Cause I think both these teams are going to go off. I am going to take coastal Carolina to win, but just barely, like I think this is going to be a back and forth between the flames. And uh, I don't even know how to say coastal Carolina's mascot and the rain. I it's something crazy. I love it, but uh, it's, it's one of those unique um, mascots in, in a world where <laughs> there's not that many unique mascots. But yeah, the the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl Liberty Coastal Carolina. I think it's going to be a fun shootout, similar to kind of Miami, Oklahoma State, and uh, I think Coastal Carolina gets a real test from Liberty.
1: Right. I mean, I lo- I love Malik Willis, so I agree. I think I think he could definitely you know cause a lot of trouble for Coastal Carolina. I I'd, I'd take Coastal Carolina in that game too. But it's another game where a team that's been belly aching about where they are because they're undefeated. You know, it's. See where you end it now. You got to end it. You got to end it good. Otherwise, it it doesn't mean much. It's one of those years though, and like this game reminds me of like, man, why couldn't Iowa
0: play Coastal Carolina? Like, I know all these bowls technically have their conference affiliates and all that crap, but like in a year where so many bowls are getting canceled and and teams not being able to compete in bowls and such and such, I wish we would have just been like done away with that and said, all right, what would be a good matchup? Because I'd rather play Coastal Carolina than than Missouri. Like I, I feel more confident in beating Missouri than Coastal Carolina, but that matchup, even just for college football fans, sounds a lot more fun. So I wish they would have been more of like that part of the bowls. But I'll rip on the bowls a little bit later. What's your uh, What's your next game that you're looking forward to watching?
1: Uh, I really like the uh, matchup. I mean, and you talked about it a little bit, but I, I mean, I'll bring it up because I, uh, I had it in my in my. Uh, in my notes, anyway, uh, I want to bring up the matchup, the Outback Bowl between Mississippi, uh, oh, between Ole Miss and and Indiana. You know, I think the Hoosiers. You know, they got. I think you're right. I think they kind of got shafted out of a out of a New York New Year Six, but they still had a really great season, and now they get a test with Lane Kiffin's offense uh, that will challenge them, uh, which I think is always fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking for Indiana to to win that game and and show one more time that they had a great season, and that's and I and I applaud them and I they deserve it.
0: Yeah, and I mean like normally I feel like Indiana would be so pumped about to be in the Outback Bowl, and it it, it still is a good a good bowl to go to. And like I said, any game with Lane Kiffin, it should be a fun one. Uh, it's a shame Michael Penix Jr. getting injured because right. a full strength Indiana against Ole Miss could be could be a real fun battle. But I agree, should be a fun game, and I think. Indiana should come out with with a chip on their shoulder with with something to prove. Yeah, I agree. It'll be fun to watch. My next one, I'm going to keep sticking with kind of the uh the lower conference teams. How about one of tonight's matchups? We got the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl between Central yes. Florida and BYU. I already mentioned BYU Cougars another team kind of dreaming of New Year's Six glory. And I think I think if BYU had beaten Coastal Carolina, I think they would have had a, a better chance to, to make a New Year's Six Bowl, then Coastal Carolina, just because they are a little more well-known commodity and such. Um, UCF, three losses, but it was three close games. Two of those were against Tulsa and Cincinnati, who, who really aren't any slouches. We, we've talked about how good Cincinnati, Cincinnati is, but Tulsa really is a, a strong squad as well. Uh, and then their third loss was a one-point loss to, to Memphis. So three losses, isn't we Central Florida once, but three losses to, to good teams. Uh, Zach Wilson and Dylan Gabriel two of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the country. Uh, mm. And I think I think Wilson especially should have a nice coming out party tonight or tonight, yeah, I guess it is tonight, um, before the draft. I mean, there's a lot of talk about him going first round. I think just because of how much stock we put in to quarterbacks, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go in the first round. Um, and, and also the UCF defense is pretty atrocious, so Wilson should be able to throw the ball around Pretty easily, so another game that I kind of expect to be a a shootout. But I'm going to go with UCF in the upset. I'm going to take Dylan Gabriel and the Knights to take down Brigham Young. Zach Wilson, I think, outplays Gabriel, but Central Florida is, is, you know, quietly been just one of the most consistent programs year in and year out in in the nation. So I got UCF winning winning another shootout over Brigham Young in the Roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl.
1: Oh, I love Zach Wilson. So I hate that pick. I, I think that he does really well. And I, I think that BYU gets that gets that win. But I I agree. Two high powered quarterbacks, you know, Dylan Gabriel coming into his own didn't has had a little bit of an up and down season. But you're right. I mean, two of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I mean, they, they're they crazy good. And they both have. Here's a little stat. They both have 30 touchdowns on the year thrown. So we'll see who throws exactly. more by the end. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what that one is. My last one is the matchup. I'm going, I'm staying big 10 teams that got shafted. Uh, I've got the citrus bowl uh, between Auburn and Northwestern. Uh, You know, I think we all know Northwestern had a great season. I think less so than Indiana, they deserve maybe that because they, they had some losses down the stretch that were hard to talk about necessarily, but I still think that they, they got, you know, a little shafted in this, in this, ranking system for sure. Uh and I also like I like that they're playing Auburn. You know, it's like Bo Nix it's like a decent side. You know, Auburn's not a bad team. Uh and so I like Northwestern going against Auburn on New Year's Day. And uh yeah, just see what that see what that offense can do against that Auburn defense. You know, I Bo Nix has been disappointing, obviously. He's got like what, eleven touchdowns and seven interceptions, something like that. Uh Peyton Ramsey also had kind of an up and down season. But I like Northwestern in this one, obviously. And uh, I'm picking another Big Ten win in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, if,
0: if Gus Malzahn hadn't been fired, I think I would take Auburn because i just be like, I, I like Northwestern. I'd like what they've done. But we know just the horses that Auburn has and, and kind of the game plan that Gus Malzahn can, can put on teams that. Don't see an offense like his a lot. But with no Gus on and the stalwart that is Pat Fitzgerald, I agree. I think Northwestern is going to get that win and, and represent the Big Ten well there. Uh, my last game, I'm going to talk about the only quarterback more overrated than Brock Purdy. That's Sam Ellinger of the Texas Longhorns. He's playing his final <laughs> game as a Longhorn down in San Antonio for the Valero Alamo Bowl. I have purposely used – every single bowl's full official names. So we can really realize how these bowl games mean nothing except a chance for more people to make money off the backs of college athletes. Uh, but the Alamo Bowl, <laughs> hey, they, they do it to themselves. The That's root- fair. No, I, fair, fair. Com, Boca Raton Bowl. Are you kidding me? It's, it's become such a joke. Uh, but this, the Bolero Alamo Bowl between the Longhorns and Colorado. CU started the year 4-0. Uh, in a week, Pac-12, but had a huge collapse in their last game against Utah in the final regular season game over there at Folsom. I kind of think Ellinger is going to have a great game. I think the Buffs just aren't that good. And and we know Texas does have good weapons, and and they've got good players. So I think it's going to be kind of an easy Texas win, Um, but to the ill effects of their fans, because I, I think Ellinger goes off. I think he looks sharp in his home state down there at in, in, in the Alamo, uh, but it's going to fool Longhorn fans into thinking that bowl success this year is going to lead to a resurgence next year. Like they've, I mean, Tom Herman's done a really good job in bowl games year in and year out. And you're like, oh damn, like Texas has turned the corner. And I think they're going to get fooled a little fool's gold again, because I think Texas probably wins this one by 17 points. I, I really do think they're, they're much better team than CU, but uh, it's going to be, as I said, fool's gold for the Longhorns because it's going to be no indication of what they do next year. But I do think Ellinger and the boys will get the win down home in Texas.
1: Yeah, Texas. Ellinger's overrated and Texas is overrated every year. I mean, we, it's ridiculous. I can't even stand them. Uh, and Colorado, of all the teams that you're going to like claim something against, yeah, if we were playing Colorado, we'd also blow them out. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's not a good thing to hang your
0: hat on. I hope CU kicks their ass. That's where my sister went to college, so I love Colorado. But they're just like – their four wins in the Pac-12 were were pretty by marginal, uh, you know, points. And they were up like 20 – I think they were up like 21-14. They might have been up like 21-10 on Utah and then just absolutely collapsed. So it's just – the Pac-12 too I think is just – and I think we're going to see this in a lot of the games. Like I think the pandemic has really hit the Pac-12 teams a lot more than – I mean, every team's been affected, but I think it has uh, impacted the the Pac-12 and and just their team's success and consistency and everything a little more. And I think that's going to show through in the bowl games.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. I agree.